Um, so I was like hanging out with this chick one time. Right. All right. Just just chilling out at her place. You know, she let me stay there. And then uh, got a headache, like a real bad headache. Like it felt like, you know, my head was on fire. Right. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to be a werewolf. Ah, it's just like the guy in the movie. Oh, I'm going to be a werewolf. And then I realized I was just bored. Yeah. I think you were definitely confusing your own life with uh, the John Landis movie. An American Werewolf in London. Is that what we're talking about here on Lobby Boys? I believe that that is what we're talking about here today on Lobby Boys. How's it going, everybody? I'm Terry. And I am Naveed. And we are talking a werewolf classic. We're talking werewolves again. Wolves. I hope everybody enjoyed our Werewolf by Night bonus episode. And if you haven't listened to it yet, please do. I think it's a pretty fun episode talking yeah. about something that was pretty fun. I, th- I think we're going to do uh, start doing some bonus episodes here and there. We should. We should. So I think it's going to be a good thing to do. Yeah. So before we start talking the the movie, Naveed, would you like to do a synopsis? Yes. You ready to do your synopsis? I am ready. To do your synopsis, a synopsis, do your synopsis. So the movie, uh, an American world from London, which came out in 1981, um, starts out with friends, David Kessler and Jack Goodman, who are Americans back packing, uh, across Europe. Uh, they try and stop at an inn called the Slaughtered Lamb in Yorkshire and notice a five-pointed star on the wall. After being turned away from the inn by the uh, pub-goers and being warned to stay away from the moors, the two are attacked by a wild animal. Jack yeah, is moors. killed in the attack while David survives maimed, saved by pub-goers who heard the attack and who killed the beast. Mm. Remorseful pub-goers. Remorseful pub-goers. Three weeks later, David awakes in a London hospital where he is interviewed by Inspector Villiers, who says they were attacked by an escaped lunatic, but David insists that Jack and him were attacked by a wolf of monster of some kind, even giving the insistence to his doctor, Dr. Hirsch. Mm-hmm. While in the hospital, David meets nurse Alex Price, a young woman who he grows fond of during his stay. While resting at the hospital, David has horrible nightmares, him doing various things, such as hunting and killing a deer while naked, as well as the infamous scene of he and his family being killed by mutant Nazi werewolves. One day, he is visited by the undead visage of Jack, his wounds still showing from the attack. Jack explains that they were attacked by a werewolf, and that because Dave survived, he will become a werewolf when the moon is full. Jack insists that he must kill himself so that others won't be killed by him, and so the spirit will go free. During this, Dr. Hirsch goes to the pub near where David and Jack were attacked and try to find out if the claims of a werewolf are true. He receives no help until a, a pub-goer follows him out and tells him that people are in danger as long as David is alive and that they should have left him for dead. After being released from the hospital, David stays with Alex in her apartment where the two make love in the shower later that day. After waking in the night, David is visited once more by the decayed visage of Jack. Jack once again urges David to kill himself before it's too late as he will become a werewolf the next night. David refuses. After Alex leaves for her shift at the hospital, David is left alone for the day. That night, when the moon, when the full moon rises, David is transforms into a werewolf as Creedence Clearwater Revival's Bad Moon Rising plays in the background. One of the most awesome scenes. It wasn't Bad Moon Rising? No. I could have sworn it was. No. What the fuck was it that was playing? Um, Blue Moon. Blue Moon? Fuck. <laughs> Doesn't the song, though, play something in the movie? It does. It does? Must have gotten to the mixed up. Mm. Well, probably because I, I watched it recently. Blue Moon's in there a bunch. Yeah. All right. He transfers different versions. That night, he uh, kills six people around London, including a couple preparing for a date and a lone man in London underground. The actor who play, also played Bid Fortuna. Really? Yeah. That's a cool little fact. Mm-hmm. 
David wakes up in the wolf enclosure of the London Zoo the next morning with no recollection of the previous night. After a comedic scene of him running around and stealing some balloons before finding some clothes, he makes his way back to Alex's apartment and comes to the full realization that he is a werewolf. He tries to get himself arrested so he can avoid killing again, but he fails. Knowing that something will probably happen that night and that he will try and kill himself, he calls his family and tells them he loves him. He tries and fails to slit his own wrist to end his life with a pocket knife. Later that day, he sees a more decomposed Jack outside of an adult movie theater. Dave meets him inside and the victims of the previous night inside the theater. The victims say their grievances to David, to which Jack rebuttals, saying that he's trying to talk to his friend. As Jack and the others try to convince him of other ways to kill himself, David transforms into a wolf once again. After killing the theatergoers and breaking into the streets of London, he causes chaos, killing many, including Inspector Villiers. David is eventually cornered in an alleyway by police and Alex. Alex tells him she loves him before he lunges at her and is shot by police. David reverts back to his human form and lays dead on the ground, naked, before the movie ends. The movie doesn't just end, it's boom, the movie's end. It is just done, and it's great. Like, there is no wrap-up, and that's... um, I miss that in movies. I really like that, for sure. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like we don't need, like, the rambling ending. I think that, like, just... The it's over because you really yeah. kind of have to like think then like oh shit mm-hmm. it's done yeah so uh nobody wanted to make this movie i believe it was in 1969 mm-hmm. uh that landis uh penned the script but he no, started yeah he got the idea yeah but no one wanted to buy the script at all because they thought it was too graphic to be a comedy and too comedic to be a horror movie mm-hmm. they didn't get it they didn't get it um well here's the thing um i even though he's made a few things i really like i don't like john landis like through interviews and stuff i've just learned that i don't like john landis like i I, he's definitely somebody that i would i probably wouldn't be like oh i really want to meet him i just just he just kind of rubs me the wrong way uh he's made some movies i like but you know, he was behind not directly, but the uh incident on the Twilight Zone movie mm-hmm. uh set with the mm-hmm. extremely tragic deaths of two children and uh Dick Morrow. Dick Morrow, yeah, it's sad. I've seen the footage, not you can't really see like the deaths directly, but like I saw the uh cursed films episode on it and. You can tell that a lot of the people who worked on that um, mm-hmm. certainly had some heavy remorse. For well, it, it's not like anybody really had. Uh, it, it, they pushed the production too much. They did. And, you know, to get the shot. So it was because there was a lot it's of. It's not like anybody wished anybody any harm, of course. But No, they just risked way too much. And sadly. Yeah. But um, he like a lot of his stuff. I I, I like. Um, uh, what was cool was when uh, when he he was because basically what he did is he uh, he come across like a gypsy burial. Some gypsies were burying somebody, but they were burying them head down, with their feet in the air, and it's just so they didn't rise. And he just thought it was kind of a wild thing. So, yeah, because uh, I'm reading here that he came up with the story whenever he worked in Yugoslavia as a mm-hmm. production assistant on Kelly's Heroes. And uh, Ian, a member of the crew, uh, were driving in a car whenever they came across the group of Romani people uh, mm-hmm. doing this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, I, d- I love. I love how um, just ideas, just the dumbest thing could bring like an idea. Uh, Joss Whedon, when he came up with Firefly, it was because uh, he he watched he read no he read uh, a book about the Civil War and then I think he saw something else and then these two things Probably kind of Outlaw Star. No, that's one that. Has a lot of similarities to mm-hmm. Firefly, but no, it wasn't Outlaw Star. It was it was a documentary or something, mm. and this is where the beginning of all, like it all started. Mm. 
Um, but uh, this movie is one of those movies that I've told many times on this podcast, the Lobby Boys podcast of, you know, Saturday morning. Podcast, the Lobby Boys podcast. The most wonderful it's, podcast. It's huge. There's never been a better podcast. It's huge. It's huge. They were big in China. <laughs> um, That's, it's one of those movies that uh, Saturday morning, you know, cartoons are over and then some movie comes on and it's, mm. uh, one, this is one of them. So I, it, it deserves all of its recognition. It really like, does. He deserves all the recognition for what he's done with the movie. It, he was, it, it was funny because, uh, like, they had visas for Rick Baker, um, uh, David. The actor who plays David's real name is David, and uh, John Landis and Griffin Dunn, and then everybody else was is David uh, Naughton. David Naughton. So. Um, but they had visas for all of them, and then they were just like, "Well, maybe this one actor could be uh, somebody who's British." And, and John Landis was like, well, we could always make an American werewolf in Paris instead. <laughs> and they did in 97. Well, I don't think we don't Landis... talk, many don't talk about that. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it a little bit later. I can give you some. I've on never that. seen that movie, but I've heard it's not great. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it maybe a little later. So and John Landis isn't involved in it at all. No, no. So, um. The thing I really love about this, well, one of the things I really love about it, because I, I love a lot about it. There's uh, a lot it, to love it's, about this. It moves. It 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 starts, gets gets you from place to place. I mean, even even where it kind of lags, it's still moving along. It doesn't stop to give like too much like mm -hmm. over explanation. It's like you we don't need to explain the werewolf mythos. Mm -hmm. We don't need to explain anything on that. Mm -hmm. We all know that when the wolf Spain blooms and the moon is full, that even a man who says his prayers at night will turn into a wolf mm -hmm. or however mm -hmm. it goes. I mangled the fuck out of that. It's all right. You, you, you did your best. I did my best. But there's like the thing I do like about that there is no like library research. There's mm -hmm. just you're going to be a werewolf tomorrow. Kill yourself. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Um, to give the gist of it, one of my one of my favorite behind the scene things is uh, Griffin Dunn. Apparently, this is this is a thing, but when he was doing the makeup test, it kind of looked it, it depressed him. It literally he oh. felt depressed like when he first had the makeup on. And uh, John Landis called him up, and he's like, he's like, huh? You feeling depressed? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But uh, um, Dave David Naughton he uh, he didn't really get to do a lot of like understand a lot of the makeup he was going to be wearing. He he did some molds and stuff, and uh, he was like, okay, so uh, Rick Baker's like, well, we feel really bad for you because like they knew like all the different things he was going to have to go through. Yeah. Um, and one one funny thing that. Uh, Griffin Dunn was asked was uh, are you claustrophobic <laughs> and he, he he said he wasn't he goes even if he would have been he would have to get the part in the movie he was said yeah anyway because <laughs> that's the thing actors do because they had to get in the molds like the the whole yeah. head casting mold and all that which um, Rick Baker got the first Academy Award for uh, makeup deservedly so the but werewolf it, design in this movie is one of my favorite designs because mm -hmm. it really mixes like the wolf and like man sort of thing mm -hmm. like you have to like look at the full sort of model of it and i want to get the NECA figure of the mm -hmm. werewolf because they came out with it recently and it's on the top of my list of figures i really fucking want to get because it looks so so good mm -hmm. but um it is this the transformation scene 
for uh, David into the wolf. No, it's legendary. It's legendary because mm-hmm. it shows exactly how a werewolf transformation should be. Yeah. Absolutely horrific. And it's fantastic because it's an awesome use of practical. Because, like, they'll have scenes where, like, he's half in the floor. And, like, I think they did some, probably some stuff in reverse. Uh, they did that a lot. But it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- up to this point, like kind of kind of werewolf movies were a little little bit of a joke. Uh, but this the year this came out, there was what four, at least three. Um, because uh before this came out, um well Rick Baker was working on Howling. And Howling's another good one. I need to see the Howling. I don't know I how let, I haven't seen the Howling. I will let you borrow my my Blu-ray. Be nice in my Blu-ray. I, but I'll let you borrow my Blu-ray. Right. I'm just That'd be nice to. I'm not into your. It was a gift. Um, That'd be nice. But yeah, it, just find out. No, no, no. Not, I don't have a DVD player in my room. What about you? No, it doesn't matter. We'll, 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 we'll work it out. Right. Um, so, but Rick Baker started working on on uh, Howling first. Mm. Then uh, John Landis was like, "You, you motherfucker! Well, like, you're supposed to work on my movie because." Mm-hmm. Because he's Rick Baker, was, you know, when he first started telling him about it, when he uh, wrote the script, and he was like, I, I want to work on this. I, I got this idea. I got that idea. That's why if you watch uh, Howling, some of the makeup is a little similar, but not really. Yeah. Um, was it Rob Bottin, um, uh took over for, for him when he left? But uh, Howling has one of my favorite endings for for uh, an 80s 80s movie so um i have heard of it yeah but the thing things i really like about this because um like they they could have they could have really uh made it super ambiguous like was it where were they really attacked by a werewolf or you know what did this is this what really happened and that and maybe you know because David doesn't interact with the people from the slaughtered lamb after, no. uh, after they shoot the, the the wolf, and um, he, uh, you know, he kind of goes through that like, you know, am I might go crazy? Am I going crazy? But there is one time where um, Alex says that she heard voices coming from the room when he was talking to Jack hmm. and uh, um, it, 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 cause you know, you kind of wonder like, is he just seeing things, you know? And then is it guilt that's, that's, you know, like plaguing him? I, so that's like definitely a big question of the side of Jack. Mm-hmm. Is is this really him seeing the ghost of his friend whose spirit is urging him? Or is this guilt of like like survivor's guilt and the knowledge internally of this is what you are? Yeah, because when Jack got attacked, David ran away. Yeah. Kind of like you at the Halloween thing. Listen, that's a different situation completely. That's a different thing completely. <laughs> Um, I'll but tell yeah, that story so, in a second here, but yeah, he he runs away like, and Jack's like calling out mm-hmm. for help, and like, and like he does like turn to like, yeah. After a while, he's like, "No, I should go back," and he does and like stops. Mm-hmm. He's like Jack, and then he gets jumped. Mm-hmm. And then he starts getting mauled, and well, no, Griffin Dunn goes for it. Like he goes for it. He does. <laughs> Griffin Dunn's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's his first movie. Him, both of them. This is their first movie. Really? Yeah. Wow, they did an awesome job. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely fantastic well how uh uh how they got david was um he was the the face of dr pepper Hmm. like he had was even these commercials and um john landis knew him from that and that's how he got it is because john landis like like likes dr pepper (laughs) apparently they were originally going uh the universal studios were originally urging him to cast uh dan ackwood and john belushi Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh but 
he felt it would be better to have unknowns so that um, when bad things were happening to him, people weren't thinking that, oh, look what's happened to John Belushi, or oh, look what's happened to Dan Aykroyd. I think, so I, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, both great. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could have done it as well as um, David Naughton and Griffin Dunn. Well, they were, they were like, David Naughton was 30 or something like that, and Griffin Dunn was like 24. Yeah. But they both looked super young. They did. They both looked very much like college-age students, I think. Or at least like like 22-year-olds who were like, yeah. were still yeah, just, just in that process. Like, a, like a semester abroad or, you know, just you know, having that time just backpacking over in Europe, you know, like the big thing in the 60s, 70s. Um, but uh, it, it, I just don't like Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi just wouldn't have pulled off that. I don't think they would have just like a, like a couple homeless guys just wrote. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I thought there was like a line of some kind of them being college students. I'm I'm pretty sure that you know they were they were just kind of like you know just backpacking because like, like no, I said it was like I th- it was just a complete inference honestly of that I think well travel used to be a lot cheaper so people yeah. would you know like backpack uh, they would like go to hostels and stuff and yeah that's where we get know. the movie hostel yeah <laughs> which is a whole other experience of yeah. backpacking across Europe but you know people would that's what they do. You know, you have that that time to just, you know, take us the summer or they take a semester off. They go for the summer or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But by all accounts, like the the, the, the beginning of the movie, they did film in order. So that was that was pretty cool. Like for the most part, the movie was filmed in order. Nice. Um, But like if you watch it, there's so many actors in it that like later movies. I've seen this guy and stuff. I've seen that guy and stuff. Like the cab driver is, uh, he's the, um, uh, he's basically the villain in Snatch. Hmm. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, the one pub goer, the one that uh, talks to the doctor later, I've seen him in uh, stuff. I think he was in um, From Hell. I'm pretty sure he was in From Hell. Uh, but, um, Let's talk about somebody very special in this movie. We need to talk about Jenny Ogner. You think we should talk about uh, Jenny Ogner? We should talk about Jenny. We should Ogner. talk about Jenny Ogner. Um, she's fantastic. She's 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 I great in the movie. I love her in this movie. And I didn't know until recently, but she was a uh, child actor also wow so she had by this time she had been acting for a while she was in logan's run mm-hmm. that's that's where i i first seen her i haven't seen logan's run yet logan run logan's run's cool i know I, um it's one of those movies that you kind of gotta see at some point if you're big into sci-fi and stuff but like i don't know how i haven't yet uh what have you seen else have you seen her in? um let's look through here da, 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 da. don't do that too late i'm gonna see if you can see what you've seen her i uh, don't know off the top of my head Dad. she had has she was in uh the avengers and then she was in uh captain america winter soldier, uh, winter soldier. Hmm. remember when uh uh scarlett johansson is in disguise as the one committee member huh. that's jenny auger huh. it's funny yeah nice. but um she's just she was always one of those actresses that like when I'd see her in something, I'm like, it's Jenny Ogger. <laughs> uh, but you know, she's cute as a button, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, but she sells this character, you know, you she does. like, I believe that, you know, she fell for this guy, you know, that the Florence Nightingale effect. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in a cast of mainly men, she's like, she shines brighter than she everybody pops. else. You Which know. is great. Like th- this movie, if anything, it- it's remarkably cast. It's perfectly cast. It is. I can't imagine anyone really like doing anything. It. I can't imagine doing anything new or different with this movie. I think it really just works mm-hmm. for what it is now. Like it's one of those movies where, like, I'm not like against remakes. I think they can be enjoyable sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely some good ones out there, like The Fly, Love, mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
I think well, those remakes they they do something with the original premise. Yeah. And but, then they make it their own. Yeah. They but, don't they, like there are there are references to the uh, the originals but nothing that's like like winking at you like huh look what we did look yeah. what we did like i like the robocop remake like i i i'm not i'm not gonna die on a hill about it but i like the robocop remake but it's not a bad movie but what do they do they leave the hand on him that got shot off in the other movie i didn't even realize that yeah and then you know there's a couple there's there's a couple little things but Oh my god, fucking Robocop and the fucking show me what's left of me and the fucking just intense. Just, just, oh god. <laughs> he's just uh, Lun's. Just Lun's. A hand in it. Just Lun's hand in a face. Yeah. But, like uh, cruel god lets that be the remainder of a man. No. Just get rid of the hand at that point. Why'd you keep it? Because it had to have a human hand to be able to pull the trigger on the guns. Yeah. That was a little thing that I missed the first time I saw it. I missed that until you told me. Mm. So that's not that pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, but, um, like, like Griffin Dunn. Uh, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I love the different, like the growing decay of Jack's face as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite details. Yeah. Um, his sister was in Poltergeist. Really? Yes. She was the older sister. She was murdered by her boyfriend. Oh my god! Yeah, um, That's but awful. yeah, it's like just hearing him talk about like things in, in the movie and, and the makeup and all that. And then when he like, like I, I watched the movie with the commentary, and he was talking about how like, he saw the movie with his parents, and his mom did not like seeing like him as a dead body. Oh, and, that, and as he's talking about it, and just like, yeah, I'm sure the family is, you know, still sad that they, you know, they don't have her in, in their lives anymore. And all that. sort of like but, that thought process. But for, it's just, yeah. it's just that like him talking about that and me knowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like, it's like, oh, I'm feeling this. I know he, he's, you know, he's kind of moved on in his life. But, like one of those things of like hurt that stays, but you push on through mm-hmm. it still. He's he's an actor that I, I like. I think that there should have been more with him because he was in. Um, see what else I've seen him in. He was in this romantic comedy with Madonna called "Who's That Girl," and it's not a good movie. Um, no, he's in Johnny Dangerously. He's in Johnny's Dangerously. He's Johnny's. Seen... He's Johnny's little brother. Oh my god! I haven't seen that movie in a while. I should I watch it again. Movie. Love that movie. Yeah. It's. Oh, I shouldn't say uh, the one line though. Yeah, funny as hell as it is, but it's uh, as of right now, it's it's not as funny. It uh, it didn't age well. It it really did not age well at all. Yeah, unfortunately, it was was one of the best jokes in it. It did not age well. It's like that one uh, Stephen King novel that he wrote. Um, Rage. Rage? Yeah, Uh, because that one is just not allowed and. Like he he literally was like, yeah, never print this again. They print it, but what are you gonna do? Uh the thing I really like from him and he he did, did you like him in movie forty three? I've never seen movie forty three. Oh, I've heard it's shit. Well, people were tricked into that movie. That's um heard. but no, he was in After Hours. It was a uh, Martin Scorsese movie. Huh. And uh it it's it's a really cool movie. And he it, he's just an actor that should have got more. I feel like that too. He's he looks great. I mean, it's not like he's he's you know not working, but I I just think that he deserved a better um, a better career. Yeah, like I said he he's been acting since since this movie. Yeah, but he's uh, not been in a lot. I, he's I think been he's not been in a bunch. He's been in a bunch. He just—it's just one of those things where it's like, how how's he not? How's he not here more? Yeah. Um, David Naughton, like, yeah, I, I've I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but not a lot. Like, he's, I, I you know, not to say that he's not a good actor. He's just no. not. 
he's an everyman. And there's there's a lot of those those kind of actors. I but, know what you mean. You know. Sort of just like you place them somewhere and they Oh yeah. It's it's him. He is there. Yeah, like you need somebody he doesn't pop. No, he does. Well, like he he's a good actor. He just doesn't uh doesn't bring those uh um like like a lot of movies you'd have to you have like reliable character actors in it mm. and he's one of those guys mm. you know like he's really good in this oh he is really? uh that whole fish out of water thing yeah you know um <laughs> like he's completely out of his element here you know what's my favorite scene of him in this movie when he's in the square and he's trying to get arrested and mm-hmm. he's saying all this obscene shit. I forget what he says about the queen exactly, but that, that line always gets a fucking laugh out of me. Um, then what he says about Prince Charles, that's why at the yeah. end of the movie, um, uh, they have like a congratulations to Charles and Diane. <laughs> so that is just like a no hard feelings, hard feelings thing. Um, um, that gets really unfortunate. If you know what happens later. Yeah. Oh, poor guy. Poor dear. Um, poor this, so this movie is most, basically it, it invented a new genre of movie. Oh? The horror comedy. Huh. I mean, there was like, you can't really say that, you know, there had been before because there really wasn't. It's either like, you know, horror movies with jokes in them or, Comedy telling me Frankenstein. That's just a comedy. Exactly. You know, it's not really a horror movie because yeah. it's all it's all jokes, it's all slapstick the whole way through it. Yeah. But this created a new genre. You know, without this, you don't have Ghostbusters, Shaun of the Dead, you know. Something where you can Bubba Otep, all you name it. Feel some grotesqueness to it, but still at the same time mm-hmm. have a good laugh while still being spooked. Well I need to see Bubba Hotep speaking of. Yeah. Don Coscarelli. I know, I know. Greg Lamberson. Yeah. yeah. Joe R. Lansdale. Joe R. Lansdale. <laughs> I read something earlier about uh, Greg Lamberson. Uh, <laughs> Joe R. That's Lansdale. Fine, that's fine. Um, <laughs> Desmond, I'll hear it go. No. Oh, okay, he corrected himself. <laughs> no, no. Oh, wait, that was good. You're like picking up his phone. I got to tell Terry. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he corrected himself. Yes, Joe Lansdale. This movie's. It's my favorite werewolf movie, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people's. It's a solid movie in addition to being a solid werewolf movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, it does the werewolf design so well and does the horror of being a werewolf well, too. Because you get to know David. You know mm-hmm. he's not a man who's horrible. You know that he's a mm-hmm. good guy that, you know, you, you could go out with him, hang out, and have a good night. But you know he turns into this horrible beast that slaughters people mm-hmm. horribly. Yeah. And it's not like a thing either of like, Oh no, they get their throat ripped out. Like these people are maimed. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking inspector gets his head sla- slashed off, which is great. <laughs> What's funny is there's like outtakes that you can see where the actor that's uh, standing there, just that, uh, like the one detective where mm. the head lands next to him yeah it's just it's so awkward looking to see this head hit me like turn and look like oh no yeah but it really just has like that great juxtaposition mm-hmm. um between man and animal i think and i think that's important in a werewolf movie because i think that there's something that happens a lot with some werewolf stuff, because I know I saw this in the uh, the remake of uh, The Wolfman, which, as passionate as a lot of people were, and Rick Baker did the effects on that one, too, mm-hmm. and I did see there's some good effects on that, did a nice modernization while still meshing with the original. Mm-hmm. It's not great, still. It, it had a lot of good potential to it, and definitely some people that were passionate to it, but... Well, I like the director's cut. I haven't seen the director's cut yet. It's a better version of the movie. Probably. But it's definitely something of that. It has that issue of like that the main character is in the monster here. Well, he is the monster, but mm-hmm. like there's the more evil werewolf there. 
And it's a thing of like, I think you can have your cake and eat it in terms of it. And this movie shows that well, I think, because it it does basically what, you know, it it's it's the Wolfman, basically. Mm. Well, it, it I think it does a better version of uh, uh American Werewolf in London does a better version of the the horror of having to go through this. Yeah. Like the what it is. It's yeah. It's definitely not you know the remorse and it's not, personal it's horror. not cool it yeah. isn't it's a horrible thing yeah. that like he has like legit guilt over shown by the mm-hmm. fact that the ghosts of the people that he killed follow him mm-hmm. like and speak to him like it's not like one of those things where in the distance he thinks he sees them no they verbally tell him like fuck you mm. and that's great i think yeah, it's just not voices in his head. He's, he sees no, what he's he done. he sees what he, the damage he did to them. And he sees like the decomposition of his friend and like mm-hmm. how much longer would it have been until like there's just like a room full of these people all in various states of decomposition. Oh, I love, oh, sorry, good. Just one more thing. Yeah, um, and just the painful transformation is so great too. Mm-hmm. The sounds. The sounds of bones cracking. The sweat and tears on his body as he transforms because mm-hmm. it's this exertion of his body to change. And it's this painful, awful mm-hmm. experience. Like, no one should want this. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love werewolves, they're definitely like that monster of you can't really do it in a way that's like pleasurable. Like, it, it's not like a vampire thing where, like, oh, it's, it's sexy to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. It hurts like fuck to be a werewolf and that's mm-hmm. how it should be most of the time i think well if you like when we're watching werewolf by night um i kind of i kind of got two ratings before he before he uh he transformed um it was kind of like a one like he's worried what's going to happen mm-hmm. to elsa and then two like it's almost like that panic of like I'm not ready for this. Yeah. You know, and he really isn't. Cause like, he's like, no, I got a few more like days until it. So it was like, weeks. like a couple weeks, like a while. She's like, no, it will transform you now. Yeah. He's like, Oh shit. Like yeah. there's definitely like that. I have to mentally prepare now. Cause like usually he has mm-hmm. the time he doesn't like usual. And I love how sudden the transformation is in the movie too. It's great. Well, think about like, <laughs> He's just sitting there. Think about you're in a movie theater. Yeah. And you know that, you know, like, like, well, you know, this is, things aren't going great for him and, and that. And you just get in there and, and you're just, you're just listening to music. And then he's just sitting on the couch. All of a sudden, just, oh, God. <laughs> Literally just, oh, God. Yeah. Just fucking in agony. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I yeah. forget like the amount of weeks it took for them to like, or days it took for them to make a couple days. It, it took them like a solid few days of like mm-hmm. filming this, mm-hmm. like because it's it's filmed in different stages. Yeah, uh, and to get like the positioning right, they had to get the effects mm-hmm. like set up and stuff, take it out, get the floor set up and all mm-hmm. that. But like as I said earlier, the part where he's like half on the floor, half out of it. Well, um, some of the. Uh, because they filmed in an actual apartment. Yeah. But then they remade like the apartment for the transformation. Yeah. So makes sense cuz yeah. again, hole in the floor. Mm-hmm. So the body can hang out, but uh let's let's talk about um cuz we can go on and on and on about the the werewolf transformation. It's hard not to. It's yeah. like the perfect transformation. Mm-hmm. Like when it's something that people look towards whenever they're like showing the exemplary like werewolf transformation, you know, like mm-hmm. it's the perfect werewolf transformation. Yeah. Nothing can come to as brutal and visceral, I think, as this. Yeah. Like, I haven't seen anything that does it as like horrifyingly. Like it always it's it, uncomfortable. It always bothers me that um in like werewolf and vampire movies where we're like, they, they change. It's just kind of like, a, you know, like they just kind of move their heads around and stuff. It's like, yeah. like, a, like, there we go. Um, like there, there's something to be said, like in the, uh, 
the underworld movies where mm-hmm. they would transform. Um, but that you could say that like, well, they've been doing this for so long and yeah. that, but it's like, it's still, it just doesn't seem it, you know, it should bother them some. Or like in the twilight movies where they just kind of jump and boom, yes. which bothers me the most because the CG is horrible. Well, that, that fucking baby, man, that goddamn baby. I mean, we should have should have known because of the the way the wolf transformed. It's have like, you seen the puppet they were going to use? Yeah, should have so stuck with the puppet. No, <laughs> the puppet. I don't know which is worse: the fucking making a murderer puppet or the fucking CGI baby. I don't um, know. <laughs> so, so Jack. The the direction for Jack is just you know it's pretty great, you know, because he's he looks terrible and he's like, hey. A piece toast. Yeah, he's just like chilling out, and it's uh, great. Yeah, he's he's like he's just in a good mood. He's not like resent. Well, he does have like some of that resent, but not like mm-hmm. intense resent. Like you did this to me, or you could have saved me, or anything like that. Like he's like, hey, bud, um, you're gonna hurt some people, and I don't want to be here very much. Mm. You should probably end it mm-hmm. so that we avoid that. Yeah, and like he's not speaking to him in like this horrible like angry way like he's speaking to him like a friend Mm -hmm. as it goes on he gets a bit more frank with it but he's like trying to help him he literally is like trying to speak with him in a way that's like friendly and like even at the end where like he's basically like a skeleton like he looks like fucking tar man maybe a bit drier for the longest time i thought that they put like like an appliance on griffin dunn for him to do that that was a puppet it was a puppet yeah but it's like it's a good puppet. But you look at it, it's like, does he have like, is he like wearing like something over his face to kind of like, you know, for the teeth and, and all that? Because the way the mouth moves, but it's Griffin Dunn actually doing the puppet. It's a damn good puppet. Yeah. But um, it's great because, uh, where was I? I lost my train of thought there. Uh, being kind of like a friend, gets more frank as the movie goes on. Um, <laughs> fuck. I had I was going somewhere with that. Um, but like, to, oh yeah, towards the end of the movie, like even he's still like, "Hey, I'm talking to my friend here." Yeah, like, like he like, still is. Even though like, he's whining to him, and everybody else starts whining to him, he's just like, "Hey, that's my friend." Like, hey, it's my friend. Yeah. I'm talking to, and like he, and that's it's kind of like nice, I think, to show like their friendship through all of mm-hmm. that. Still, like, yeah. How he still like cares for him, or like how this visage that even if it isn't actually the ghost of Jack, like David still views him as like a good enough friend to like if he was visiting him as a ghost, he yeah. would still speak to him in a friendly, frank manner. So something that's always like drove me crazy. The the nightmare scene? No, let's talk about no, the no, nightmare no. scene in a second here. Though. Yeah, we'll talk about the nightmare. That's scene. That's a fucking wild ride. That's a that's a backtrack. That's a whole thing. When he's in the movie theater, and uh, which the the porn movie stuff was the first stuff shot for the movie. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> it's so great. I told you not to do this to me. I don't even know who you are. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to her. I don't know who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. It's, it's such a comedic scene for yeah. sure. I like like the like how there's the guy there who's like overly angry, like you did this to me, you ruined my life. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple there, like hello. How are you to? <laughs> you really should kill yourself. <laughs> Suicide is the only way. Like they're so friendly and it's so fucking great. I love it so goddamn much. So. But there there's where he starts to transform and that guy's like staring at him yeah he's and like, it's like he, he tells the guy get out of there and the guy's just like staring at him like huh and he's <laughs> just like what do you got going on here like, <laughs> he starts transforming the guy's just like look at him like this is getting interesting <laughs> this is the greatest thing i've seen in the horror theater and then he kills him you know because obviously you know you didn't see him again oh, and heard the screaming but it's like he yells at him I mean, he wasn't did, able to see the second greatest thing to ever happen in a porn theater did tell him to get out of there <laughs> oh but uh the <laughs> the wild double dream you getting uh getting getting good oh my it. god i so they're watching so it's jack and his family in the living room there is a significance to this too yeah 
I forget what it is exactly. Because he's Jewish. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. That does have some roots. But, um, there's, so David is a young boy in this scene, I think, right? No. No? He's, it's his brother and sister. Oh. It's his, Remember, he's at the table. Oh, that's everybody right. Everybody else. Yeah. Like his mom's in the kitchen. His, his uh, brother and sister are watching TV and her dad's watching TV. I think. Yeah. And. Oh, oh, we didn't mention Frank Oz is in the movie twice. Huh. That's funny. Yeah. He's the. uh um uh from the uh um the embassy huh. the uh US embassy and then he's Miss Piggy huh. so he's in it twice <laughs> um but so they're all sitting in their house you know normal last night chilling out max and relaxing and then all of a sudden mutant werewolf nazis just charge in with submachine guns and shit and knives they kill the family brutally in front of him there, there's that one that like he's over by the fireplace then he's on fire and yeah. then you see him he sets things on fire and he's not on fire anymore yeah i'm just i've always been like like did they like move the edit around or <laughs> but like it's I, a weird it's a wild scene yeah it's great it, it could just be its own so little quick. thing it's fucking like what Oh, okay. and it's over. Mm. Um, okay. Is it? Is, is it, it over? Is because it? guess what happens? Werewolves in Second the- dream. Second dream. Where it's the nightmare maniac Nazi werewolves in the hospital. <laughs> and then it's over. Yeah. All that. Um, the scene that always, always fucked with me was when... Uh, he has that dream where he's got like the, the blue face and the jagged teeth and the yellow eyes. Mm-hmm. That, that always, always mess with me. Like mm. there's that. And then uh, Salem's a lot. And the, the vampire in there, like just, and there's something about like things with opening yellow eyes and like, you know, <laughs> not to everyone. If you have sharp teeth, yellow eyes and a blue face, keep away from Terry. Yeah. You got to stay away from Keep him. away from him. Cause you he'll, I'll start charging at you. His flight or fight response will kick in and he will always choose fight. I will run like Naveed at a horror uh, exhibit. All right, let, let's talk this story real I, quick. I thought we talked about it, but go for it. All right, so we may have talked about it before, but basically the story was um, you, me, and uh, Mark, uh, my cousin. Mm. Uh, we all decided to go to forget which one it was. It was a haunted attraction. It was a haunted attraction, basically. Outside, you went through, like, the cornfield and shit. Mm-hmm. But, so it starts out where, like, you're around, like, the being scored by, like, these military types. And you're in, like, this quarantine zone. And there's people coughing and stuff. Uh, people in cages. Plastic all over the basically, place. Basically, well, there's zombies on the other side of a fence. Yeah. They keep motioning down the fence. Yeah, so you keep going. There's, like, people, like, grabbing at you and shit. And so we get to the end of this. I'm like, all right, here we go. I turn to my right and I see like these people coming out. Because um, the fence is over. Because the fence is over. And my dad and Mark, they look over. And next thing you know, I'm at the head of the line. <laughs> You're far I ahead of us. I fucking sprinted. Like this, this wasn't far. like 10 people or something. This is a solid group of people walking through here. And I'm like past the front, actually. I am the front now. And like, I'm gone. And then, like, I, I didn't even realize it. I thought you guys ran with me. You were gone. I was gone. Mark was too afraid to run. Yeah, I was gone. After I was like, well, you're going to die in the zombie out. apocalypse right away. Yeah. Um, I have a great before and after picture. Oh, it is. You should post it with on the Facebook. <laughs> no, I'm not going to post that. Uh, Mark doesn't like it. All right. so. <laughs> it's funny though because like we're all like yeah yeah the first like, no, day they're like yeah no, we're gonna no, do this no. the second one they're just they, haunted they had that eyes. look of, they had that look of uh, I've been through something I've seen the devil he's on the other side of the fence what else you want to say about this movie um I feel like we've kind of said I, I could go on for days though on like how good the werewolf looks mm. It is a great design. Again, mm-hmm. like it's got like you don't really see the wolf itself very much, which is good. 
you do kind of see it like at the end of the movie, but that's good. You see mostly mm. the head and stuff. You don't like see that. like a, a whole body. No. You know, like you see a little piece of the whole of body it. at the end whenever he's in the alleyway. Not really. It's it's not it's, it, it's in shadow and uh you get like in the uh the train station, you see him coming uh coming up the escalator. Well, right where he was about to go up the escalator, you see a little bit of him, which is great. Shot. Which is yeah, a you great see shot. him, he's like just like coming out of it's there. It's a terrifying wolf face too. Um, it's great. He looked like he really looks like a rabid, angry wolf. Like mm-hmm. if you've seen pictures of like a wolf like snarling or like barking, it's terrifying, and mm-hmm. he really looks terrifying here. It's great. So, uh, John Landis never wanted a sequel to this. He, he's like, that's it. That's it. That's doesn't the story. need a sequel. So that's the story, and then uh, uh, Universal Griffin Dates. Griffin Dunn and uh, 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 David. Not and we're just like, well, you know, the soldiers didn't use silver bullets, so you know we could could definitely, uh, you know, do it. And John Landis is like, no, the movie's over. It's done. No, story's over. Story's Get the fuck finished. out of here. Story's Get off my fucking set. <laughs> um, I have to so, go okay. to other movies. Real quick, real quick, we're gonna go about this. Yeah. So there was a an American werewolf in Paris, and still kind of similar premise, uh, except this. Guy meets girl, uh, girl's a werewolf, oh. you know, and uh, it's just more of it's more along the lines of uh, like Twilight and uh, Underworld and that kind of thing. So you know, there's other werewolves and all that. So what's up with werewolf movies having sucky sequels? But the uh, the CGI in it is. Oh, there's CGI. It's really bad. Like, oh no! Like they try to mimic the the werewolf transformation. You really can't mimic that with CGI as good. They don't do a very good job. Like I don't hate this movie like a lot of people do. Um, I mean, it's no because, Howling too. That's for sure. <laughs> the the movie that Christopher Lee verbally apologized for whenever he got on the set for Kremlins too. <laughs> I'm sorry for being in the Howling too. <laughs> I needed money. I had to support my metal habit. Not so that I was running low on money, but you can never have enough castle money. <laughs> uh, Being Charlemagne's descendant can get you only so far. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real fact. He was Charlemagne's, like one of his direct descendants. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. What else are you going to say about this? I just movie? want to say again about the werewolf design as like one of my favorite ones. I love lanky werewolf designs. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I, like, uh, I like that where it just got that kind of stretched look. It's yeah. where it's part man, part. Yeah. So. Like as cool as the werewolves and dog soldiers look. Mm-hmm. I like this one a lot. Like I'm partial to like the more animal, like the, because as much as I love like the Wolfman World by Night, like Wolfman, mm-hmm. I like more of the wolf aspect mixed in. But I do like this because it definitely feels like more of a semi-realistic transformation. Because like the front paws like visibly look like stretched out hands mm-hmm. and stuff, and just it looks like a human body with like a wolf head on it. Mm-hmm. It's great. It really just, it's a very pinnacle design. Mm -hmm. And it really just reminds me how much I really don't like buff as fuck werewolves. (laughs) Like if the guy themselves is buff, but if it's a regular guy, they should just look like, you know, a lanky wolf man. See, I like my comic book and fantasy, like uh, uh, monsters just in the like, just to have that look of like this is an impossible look, but yeah. in a movie it just doesn't look right when you put it next to anything else. Yeah, like like a lot of times if you if you take something and you put it like, uh, you know, put it in just a setting of you know a living room or something, and like, like it should look out of place, but out of place in a yeah like this isn't right you know kind of look, not a um 
yeah, this this doesn't look right. <laughs> There's a big difference between it. This doesn't look right, and this isn't right. You know, this shouldn't be here. This should be out somewhere in the woods. It shouldn't be here. You know, you, you know, kind of give you that, that fear. Yeah. So, what's what's we can't be, you know, we can't be just, you know, massaging its shoulders and let, you know, what's, what's some stuff you don't like about it. There's there. It, yeah, you don't have to search for like the most prolific thing. You could just be like, I didn't like this stuff. Yeah. If it's good. What's something you didn't like about it. The Dr. Hirsch going to the pub scene is slightly clunky. I feel like it's not the worst, but like, mm-hmm it's a bit of a cut in the flow and it doesn't go many places like Dr. Hirsch to my memory doesn't do a whole lot. Mm. Like he doesn't become like, um, uh, Dr. Loomis in Halloween all of a sudden just is like, Oh, okay. I'll take that note and leaves. It kind of just doesn't show up much in the rest of the movie. I got you. That's, my only little beef, but that's not a huge one. Um, I could have done without all the British people. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the, the, the doctor, uh, going, it's, it's, I wouldn't say clunky, but, um, you know, I think it's, it's that thing where yeah. David was so, convincing that he was just like wanted to see and without that then you kind of don't get the yeah. um where he you know comes back and talks to alex and i guess so she could kind of understand what's going on with david and you know like it's not really his choice like i said it's not the worst scene and mm-hmm. it's not but if you ask me to pick something i i couldn't think of anything else this was like the one thing where i was like well this kind of bothers me because it's one of those movies i feel like is a perfect movie mm-hmm. it's one of my top 10 probably horror movies of all time mm-hmm. it's practicals in it are amazing mm-hmm. acting is great casting mm-hmm. is solid just mm-hmm. the feel of the movie itself is it's so nice and just i love everything about it it's it's great rick baker's effects in there are awesome mm-hmm. um the scene of chaos in uh in london are great too mm-hmm. of just, of just like the double decker bus fucking collapsing and yeah. people getting decapitated and shit mm-hmm. it's just it's a great entertaining movie that honestly everyone should watch if they haven't seen it yet yeah and if you are like, oh, I don't know, I will come to your house. I will find out where you are. I will come to your house. <laughs> I will tie you down like Lon Chaney Jr. tried to do, and we will watch this fucking movie together. You and me, eyes on TV. Exactly. Like, you know that scene in Clockwork Orange? Where they have um, <laughs> Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, uh, like in the straight jacket with the uh, fucking eye drops and shit. I'm going to do that to you so you watch this goddamn movie. This is a Naveed solid as a fuck recommendation. Watch this fucking movie. It's a 10 out of 5. It's a 10 out of... It's a 10 out of 1. It's a 10 out of 5. It's a 10 out of 1. 5 being the max you can do. It's a 10. Yeah. It's 100 out of 5. I love this movie. The thing that's always bothered me was how fast everybody was to boot them out of the slaughtered lamb. Like... um. I did. I don't think they did enough to make everybody go. I don't think either. That, that's that's the one thing that I was just like, I. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 the only like real thing that's bothered me in this movie. Didn't like they really just be like, oh hey, what's that on the wall there? And then, like everybody just stopped. And like, yeah, and they were the laughing and joking, and he goes, "What's with the five pointed star and candles?" Yeah. And they're just. It's like, a valid question, yeah. I think. I mean, if it was like a thing, if it was like, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like he kept asking and then they were like, get the fuck out. Then sure. Yeah. He just asked it. He just asked like, like literally because like. What's with that? <laughs> I imagine they didn't see that in many other pubs when uh, going through England. They probably saw it in nowhere. Exactly. 
I, I haven't gone to pubs in England, but mm. I feel like that's not a thing that's normally in them. Unless our British viewers, listeners, viewers and listeners want to viewing listeners viewing listeners want to tell me if theater of the you mind. just have a five-pointed star and candles on your wall in your local pub where you play chess some of the people that listen, that's a thing yeah. um so uh cat stevens has a song called moon shadow moon shadow yeah a lot and of moon songs in this movie a lot of moon songs but this song was not in it Oh. Neither was uh, Werewolf of London, which I'm very sad this wasn't in because, like, I never got a, with movie, never, I've never found or heard a satisfying anything why that wasn't in it. But the Cat Stevens one is pretty good. Mm. I want to ask you, yeah, all right, why do you think he didn't want his song in the movie? Didn't want his song associated with the violent scenes? Nope. No, no. Didn't like John Landis? No. Nope. Didn't like the British? No. He is British. Point stands. <laughs> no, he? because he believed in werewolves and didn't want to kind of curse huh. himself. <laughs> that's a wild thing. Yeah. Not to shit on anyone that does, but that's wild. That yeah. That's it's... the thing where like, I don't want them to come after me. Yeah. And so that's wild. That's why John Landis is now mauled to death because mm-hmm. the werewolves got to him. No, I'm kidding. John Landis is alive. <laughs> Some people don't want him to be at this point, I think. Uh, his son's made some people mad. Ooh. Okay. So. 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 We have come to a moment that I have been teasing for a bit. Ooh. Uh, okay. I have yes. my yes. DVD. Mm-hmm. My personal DVD of Lost Highway, which is one of our biggest episodes. And, is that our uh, longest episode still? Mm-hmm. Is it still our longest episode? No. Right. I, well, I, I don't know lengthwise, but it's it's one of our biggest episodes that we released. It's a good episode. And here's what I would like people to do. And unfortunately, uh, this is going to like whittle down a lot of people. You got to be in the continental USA. Uh-huh. All right. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm willing to throw my Canadian friends into this. Okay. So what I need you to do is if you have a Apple podcast account, I would love it if you would give us a rating, review us. Um, I'm looking for a great review. And I'm not saying a great review that is, you know, was it five stars? I think they have. Yeah. Or like, I would like to read a review that will make me go. This is a great, this is a great review. One that'll bring a tear to the eye. A tear to the eye. Give me a chuckle, whatever you want. Uh, But basically you will get my DVD of Lost Highway. And then you too shall be able to answer the question of, have we met before? Uh, and there will be a little something uh, extra that come with it. I'm not going to say what, but it's it's just a little, a little something, something that not many people have. It's so. a cheap Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> it's mana. Uh, it is a single island. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you, anybody can enter. Doesn't matter. You know, just. Give us a review, you know, uh, even if you have given a review already, you can update that review. So you will get uh, the Lost Highway DVD. Um, This episode will be coming out on, oh, what's the date this is coming out on? It will be coming out on the 20th. So you have from the 20th of October. And I'm going to be very generous about this till the 24th of November. You have until Thanksgiving. You have till Thanksgiving. And uh, the episode that comes out after that, uh, uh, I will reveal the winner. If you would like to be named, I can just say random winner or whatever. And you will receive the DVD, bare bones DVD, sadly. Of Lost Highway, but it's still my favorite movie. It's still a good DVD. 
still going to give me my DVD. It does the job that it needs to do. Yes. It's a, <clears throat> it's a movie and you could watch it and then listen to the episode and be like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. I don't know. So, Naveed, would you like to get us out of here? You can follow us on our social medias with Instagram at lobby underscore boys underscore podcast. You can email us uh, various questions, lore, or tell us that you're a werewolf with lobbyboyspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Twitter with at lobbyboyspod or join our Facebook group at lobbyboyspodcast. Our cover art was by Daniel White, and you can follow him on Instagram or any of his other socials with at birds in boxes. Our theme song is Way to Go, performed by Nothing But Stars Inside. Uh, you can find him on nothingbutstarsinside.bandgap.com or on Instagram with at nothingbutstarsinside. With all that being said, you are... I'm Terry. And I am Naveed. And I'm going to try this one more time. One more time. Even a man who says his prayers at night... Never mind, fuck it. You know what, Naveed? Have you ever tried talking to the dead? It's boring. <laughs> <laughs>